What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos 76ers podcast. And wow, do we have a lot to get to today. James Harden has played his first couple of games in the Sixers uniform, and it is just about everything we could have hoped for and more. Um, Before we dive into today's episode, just wanted to give a quick shout out to the Ethos Fantasy BK page on Twitter. It's the most dominant fantasy and basketball news feed on the planet. Get your NBA news, including news about your Sixers in one Twitter feed. Not only is it the fastest source, but it's the most reliable and provides analysis. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. And um, before I jump into each of these individual games, I just want to talk about how much of a pleasure it has been to watch James Harden suit up for the Sixers. Um, this this team has a revitalized energy that I've really never seen from any Sixers team in the past. Um, Jimmy Butler's Sixers came a little bit close, I guess. But the joy that this team uh, seems to have when they play together is absolutely unmatched. Obviously, it's led by the energy of now James Harden, Joel Embiid, and uh, Tyrese Maxey, who I didn't think it was possible for him to improve more yet. Uh, I'm not even surprised that he is shocking me once again. Um, But let's just go right into the first game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Obviously, a lot of attention is on Harden. Uh, He's had some great debuts for his other teams. Obviously, Houston and Brooklyn had some incredible debuts. I believe 30-point triple-double in the Brooklyn debut. And uh, he comes in and nearly does the same thing. Finishes with 27 points, 8 rebounds, and 12 assists. And a little bit of a slow start in the first couple of minutes. Um, obviously no one was worried, but just waiting for him to get on the board. Had a really, really nice move on Anthony Edwards, led to an and one. Uh, everyone got hype. Actually, it was in Minnesota. The crowd still was pretty loud for that. Uh, hit an and one three, and, and James just looked like his old self. Uh, absolutely spectacular. Uh, the way he played with Embiid was ridiculous. Embiid scoring 34 points go along with 10 boards shooting 10 for 18 saying after the game that he's never been more wide open in his whole career and the other part of the equation that makes this so beautiful is Tyrese Maxey scoring 28 points on 12 for 16 shooting the way Harden finds his teammates the way he gets other people open is maybe even better than the 27 points that he puts up and the way that he does that um, on fast breaks, there's one beautiful outlet pass to Maxi on a break. Finds Embiid cutting, uh, rolling off a pick and roll, high post, whatever it is. Uh, finds his shooters no matter where they are. Just some absolutely beautiful passes from James in that first game. And, you know, when you get a 30-point win versus a solid team like Minnesota uh, away with, uh, I mean, it's his first game playing with his team. Looked like they've been playing together for years just absolutely incredible i mean you know after that game obviously the hope is is extremely high but it is just one game and the energy is high a lot of things are happening maybe minnesota was distracted by this new addition and and they were just really excited to play together so they got to prove that they can keep this up so what better place than the hostile environment of madison square garden where Embiid will put up 37 points and nine boards uh not surprising seven for 18 shooting James Harden puts up his first triple-double in a Sixers uniform. And I'm not talking 10-10-10 like Ben Simmons triple-doubles. I'm talking 29 points, 10 boards, and 16 assists to go along with 5 steals on 8-for-14 shooting. Harden put an absolute clinic in this one, especially passing once again. And it was absolutely ridiculous. Tyrese Maxey, another 20-point performance with 21-7. and with an extremely efficient 8-for-14 once again. 
And at the beginning of the season, when Maxi would put up these high point totals, obviously it was impressive, but um, I don't think he was putting it up with this type of efficiency. And allowing him to play off the ball has allowed uh, for him to look like this completely different player. And, you know, you don't want him to look like a completely different player because he's been great already. But he's added this element to his game where he has the free reign to just take the ball, catch it on the wing, either pull that three, which his shooting has looked absolutely incredible the last couple of weeks, and especially now with the addition of Harden, but really just gets the ball in the wing and has that opportunity to shoot or that deadly rip through. who He can beat basically any single defender with that quick first step, and he's an extremely crafty finisher, and it's been shown. Um, the one player, I, I don't want to you know ruin the, ruin the vibe, but Tobias Harris... Uh, in that first game, only did score six points on two for nine shooting in this New York game with 12 points. So a max contract player as your fourth scoring option seems a little bit scary. Um, I think people might be overreacting a little bit because at the end of the day, if you're winning games and, and you got three players putting up, what, 89 combined points uh, in that first game and 87 in that second game, so what if Tobias isn't scoring a ton of points? If you're winning and your team is putting up a lot of points... Uh, you know, there's only one basketball and there's only so many shots that can go up in a game. Why take away good shots from Maxi or Harden or Embiid to try to force Tobias to be involved? If he's being involved just as a leader and making the shots when he has them, that's good enough for me, honestly. And yeah, sure, he's not worth a max contract at that point, but he's already paid. Uh, at this point, you got to focus on what works best for the team. If Maxi is playing better than Tobias, Maxi should have the ball more. It doesn't matter how much he's getting paid. He is playing like the better player. Get him more involved. We want to win, not look smart for giving Tobias a max contract. Um, moving into the next New York game where Embiid would put up 27-12, and 12, Harden would put up 26-9-9, and 9, almost another triple-double, and Maxi would put up 25, all of them extremely efficient. Joel 7-for-15, Harden 8-for-13, Maxi 7-for-22. Um, just proves the point. You know, that's 78 combined once again, all of them putting up 25-plus points, and that's now the third straight game where all three of these players put up 20-plus, which actually is the first time in NBA history where a pair of three new teammates put up 30, uh, 20 each in three straight games. Uh, just crazy impressive from, from this group. Tobias actually looked solid in this one with 14 and 7, but it just shows you, you know, this is now three straight wins coming off the heels of the, the big three, as they've been labeled now, Maxi Harden and Embiid, um, putting up a big bulk of the team's points, and that's how we're winning games, so why go away from it to try to force Tobias to have some a couple more points? At the, at the end of the day, this team looks incredible, although the beginning of that New York game was a little bit rough. Um, Tobias actually was a big part of getting us back into that game, so if he if his role is to hit some big shots and you know just settle the team down and be like that facilitator, be that calming force, but he doesn't have to be a like the primary scorer. He doesn't have to be the second. He doesn't have to be the third. And it's okay if Tobias's role is different now. If it's changed, this is what's expected to happen when you replace well, really no one because Ben wasn't playing, but you replace this defensive minded guy scoring ten. 12 points a game in Ben with one of the greatest scorers of all time. He's going to give you 30 on Evan any given night, dropping like dimes left and right, uh, looking for his guards, his shooters, and looking for obviously the MVP candidate, Joel Embiid. Um, something I skipped over in that first New York game I wanted to talk about was the free throws attempted by Harden and um, 
Embiid, obviously. Embiid matching his, I think, setting his career high in free throws made. That Knicks game was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, they could not contain him. He fouled out two centers in that one, uh, Mitchell Robinson and Jericho Sims. Jericho Sims was playing good defense, so shout out to him in that one, actually. But, um, yeah, Joel and James just obviously known for their ability to draw fouls. But in that one especially, it was ridiculous when Harden's 10 for 10 from the line and beats 23 for 27. Um, yeah, 37 free throws attempted between two guys, uh, making 33 of them. That's going to win you some ball games. I don't care what other team's fans are annoyed, whatever. They're all fouls. Joel is so dominant. You have to foul him or let him score. And at this point, looks like they're going with the foul option. And I would too. It's a smart idea. But hey, can't get upset. That's how the game's played. I mean, when this dude is bullying three defenders at one time and dunking on you, you're probably going to have to foul him. So anyway, going into the fourth game with this team, uh, finally their chance, I would say their biggest test yet in Cleveland. The game is at home, but you know, Timberwolves an okay team. Two New York uh, games in a row. New York obviously probably not even going to make the play in. So now you're placing a playoff team in Cleveland, uh, Darius Garland healthy, Mobley, obviously Jared Allen, the only player out for them is Levert. So that's a pretty healthy squad you're going against, and immediately it showed uh, Sixers went down pretty bad in that first quarter. Kevin Love and Isaac Okoro lighting this up out of uh, any players, but quickly Harden starts to take over the game, get the energy back in the stadium, uh, Tyrese Maxey helping with that effort. And at the end of the day, Tyrese Maxey goes for 33 points, tying his career high. So Maxey's production since Harden has came is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, this dude looks like a bona fide all-star. And last year, he was playing 15 minutes a game, scoring eight points. Um, My most improved player, not much of a question for me. Not sure if he'll win it, but... I mean, taking the step up he took before Harden and now taking another step up, like, unheard of. Uh, The way the confidence he attacks the game with, uh, now adding this three-point shot out of nowhere. I mean, he could shoot a little bit, but now he's ISOing, doing some James Harden step backs. Uh, He had a rip-through fadeaway on R.J. Barrett from three. Just why not? Dude's become our best three-point shooter once Seth left, and hey, I'm loving every second of it. Tyrese Maxey and James Harden are the duo that Philadelphia loved and they needed. And honestly, Embiid's doing his own thing. Embiid is Embiid, uh, you know, MVP candidate through and through. But Harden and Maxey look almost more of a dynamic duo than do Harden and Embiid. I feel like each of them have their each, uh, they do work well together. However, Harden is the first starter off the floor usually. Uh, Embiid is the last. So they like to have either Embiid or Harden. They kind of play their separate games. They do work well together. Harden and Embiid work in that pick and roll when they're in together. But it seems like Harden and Maxi have this certain chemistry, this guard chemistry, which we've seen Harden play with some elite guards. Obviously, he played with Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook in Houston. Uh, he played with Russell Westbrook and KD in OKC. KD, obviously not a guard, but has all the guard skills. Um, so, yeah, we've seen Harden play with guards more than he has with elite-skilled bigs. Uh, he played with Clint Capella for a while, probably one of his best big men. Um, oh, and obviously he played with Kyrie Irving for a little bit in Brooklyn. I say a little bit because obviously that whole thing. But yeah, I mean, we've seen Harden's experience with guards as opposed to bigs. And I think that's feeding right into why he's playing so great with Maxi. 
But I mean, obviously he's playing great with Embiid too. Embiid said he's never been more open in his whole career. Um, the play that sticks out to me was the steal, the fast break, uh, where he dumped it off to Embiid for the dunk. It was beautiful. And they looked like they really loved playing with each other. And obviously, yeah, it's a great duo, but the Maxi-Harden combination has just been out of this world. And this for sure looks like a team to me that has the potential to go all the way. Um, their most recent game against a contender in the Miami Heat. Um, really, really ugly game. Bare, uh, really low scoring. Um, I'm going to give him a pass. Harden was out. Uh, second half of a back-to-back in Miami. Miami was well-rested. Um, and it was just an ugly game. I don't feel like that reflects what this team is made of right now. Um, I think they were riding the high of James Harden. And then when he had to sit out for that hamstring management, uh, the team kind of fell apart for a game. Uh, with that being said, Maxi still looked great. Um, not his 20 points. He's been scoring every single game with James. But still... Um, you know, Embiid was off and overall, I'm going to give him a pass on that game. I wasn't all that upset after the four game stretch they had with Harden, um, looking towards the future and the end of the season, Sixers have signed, uh, veteran center Deandre Jordan from the Lakers. Uh, Jordan's looked not great this year, but we know Jordan is first of all, one of the best lob catchers in the history of basketball. Uh, Harden played with Deandre for Brooklyn, um, and obviously he's old. He's not going to get too many minutes, hopefully. But Paul Millsap has not looked great. So I think DeAndre Jordan could be a good backup center as opposed to a guy like Willie Cauley-Stein. I personally think Paul Reed should be playing some minutes. But at the end of the day, I'd rather have DeAndre Jordan if they're not going to play Paul Reed. Um, another topic I really want to cover is um, the forward rotation. Furkan Korkmaz is getting... Sixth, seventh man minutes, and it needs to stop. Every Sixers fan can agree at this point. Furkan has played absolutely horrendously, really all season, but in this stretch uh, recently has just been a whole nother level of bad. Isaiah Joe, Shake Milton, guys who can actually get you a basket and play decent defense need to be on the court way more. Danny Green, um, George Niang, the most consistent bench player the Sixers have. Um, you know, he has his nights where he doesn't shoot the best, but you saw in that game versus Cleveland dropping 17 points, really propelling them to that win off the bench. And yeah, I think the days of Furkan Korkmaz getting big minutes are just about over. Another thing to look at is Matisse Thibel. His offensive production is just really painful to watch sometimes. Last two games scoring zero, both games. However, in Harden's first three games, he went 11 points, then 8, and then 10. He gets these open threes from the corner. He really has to start knocking them down, maybe be a little more aggressive. He's super athletic, and he should really try to use that more while finishing. But at the end of the day, his defense is going to win us some games. He needs to be in the rotation. Whether he should start or not is up for debate. But at the end of the day, I don't think there's that many better options. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Matisse progress, uh, progresses, and obviously it's too early to see how anyone's really affected by Harden. We see Maxi doing what he's doing, but that could cool down. We see Embiid continuing his production. That could ramp up or slow down as the team starts to gel more and more. But, yeah, I mean, I really want to see his effect on Matisse. Maybe Harden can help Matisse grow as an offensive player. If anyone's going to do it, it's one of the best isolation scorers and really just scorers in general in the history of basketball. Um, I, I mentioned earlier for a while that I'm not too concerned about Tobias not scoring a lot, but at the end of the day, it seems that Doc really wants to get him involved. So I've been trying to think, how could they do this? I feel like Tobias really works best when he gets that mismatch back to the basket, uh, low, high post, fadeaways, stuff like that. 
So I think really that this big three should have the ball in their hands 75 to 80% of the time, if not more. Um, maybe that's a little bit of an exaggeration. But, yeah, I mean, between these three, and there's not many teams that have three defenders for them. But uh, there's got to be some mismatch on the court. And if that mismatch is Tobias Harris, I feel like you fully exploit it. Um, and when Tobias does get these big buckets, it seems he gets a hot hand. He gets some confidence. So I feel like a lot of times he'll... He'll make a nice fadeaway and M1 and then keep quiet. So I feel like feeding him the ball once he does start to heat up a little bit could be the best way to get him involved more and help the team. Finally, I wanted to just look ahead a little bit to the playoffs and the playoff picture. But before we do that, I just wanted to share with you guys our partner here at Sports Ethos, Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive on their mobile app or on their website at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ETHOS at sign up for an 100% deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to $100, plus either two to four free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names every night, score points when props hit, and players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. I would start putting that money on Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and James Harden, scoring over whatever their amount of points are every single night with the way this team has been playing. Um, also make sure you check out the sports ethos DFS team and pod for advice. Hopefully they're also telling you to take Tyrese Maxey. Again, the code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. And now let's just take a look really quick at the standings. Sixers find themselves at number two in the East, even with that loss to Miami. They are 0.5 games above Milwaukee and Chicago with a game against Chicago tomorrow night. Uh, They've looked really good versus them, beat them twice uh, in Chicago, once here. Joel is the Bulls killer, had his 50-point game there uh, a season ago. And yeah, I feel like this team at this point should be the favorite, if not top two or three, to come out of the East. Um, The Heat look incredible. Jimmy Butler has been struggling. However, Bam and the rest of the team is really... Picked up some of that slack. Tyler Heroes looked great this season. And they're playing as a good unit. But I think the Sixers' talent could override that in the playoffs. Obviously, Brooklyn now with Ben Simmons will be a threat to come out of the East. Boston's been playing incredible. Chicago's been playing incredible. The Bucks will look to repeat. The East is as strong as it's really ever been. But I do think that this big three of the Sixers, plus Tobias Harris plus these potential role players stepping up like Shake Milton and George Niang, uh, some guys who can get you buckets. If this team can learn to play as a cohesive group, if Doc can figure out this rotation with Furkan, with Isaiah Joe, with all these random moving pieces, I think we have the talent to eventually, well, finish the regular season as the one seed, but more importantly, make that jump to hopefully the first Eastern Conference finals of the Joel Embiid era and more hopefully the first finals appearance and finals win. I do think there's now a two to three year window, especially. I think if this team can't get it done this year, we'll run it back with James Harden, uh, we would we would hope. Um, and then following that, Harden's getting up there in age and Bede's even going to start to get up there in age. But I think these next two years are the years that the Sixers really have to look to get it done. So we will see what happens in this upcoming stretch. Sixers have a big game, as I mentioned, against Chicago. They have a big game versus Brooklyn, although it doesn't appear Ben is going to play. Kevin Durant is back in the lineup. And so those are two big games the Sixers have at home. They win those two. I think they are in really, really good shape to finish as a top two seed in the East, maybe even climb to that number one seed. 
So thank you guys as always for listening. I'm really looking forward to these next couple of games and closing out the season with this new squad that is so fun to watch. And keep trusting that process.